Welcome to Vagdabag. My name's Benedict Cumberbatch. Perhaps you've heard of me. For those of you who are worried about the outcome of the rather perilous last episode in which Frank appeared to be facing certain death, the good news is, uh, he's not dead. We'll go into the details shortly. Now, as my good friend Mr. Burton himself would say, let's have a tune. Where were we? Frank is not dead. That's the announcement. You may have seen the news already. Stephen Shiver, better known to the Ragbag listenership as Sycamore Steve, 
remains at large. Is that a correct expression? At large? He hasn't been caught yet. Check the police website. His photograph is on there, so if you've seen him... Clearly, that's unlikely. If you're listening to this, then you're probably American. You may have seen me in the movies, as you call them. Motion pictures. Films. I can do your accent and everything. I won't do the accent now. Not without my vocal exercises. Also, I do need to spend several hours getting in character, so to speak. Acting is actually a very serious job. Most people seem to think it's just remembering lines from a script and then saying them out loud in the correct tone of voice at the appropriate time. I grant you that's mostly what it is, but acting is so much more than that. Acting is becoming another person. Imagine that. Imagine transforming into another person. It's not really transforming into another person. It's pretending to be another person. But perhaps that makes acting sound a little too easy. Anyone can pretend to be someone else. And once you're in the realms of describing acting as easy, you're suddenly being asked to justify your earnings. Listen, I would happily do this job for free. Not really, Alexa, if you're listening. Alexa Hampton, my agent. Love you, Alexa. I'm having trouble connecting to the internet. But, you know, there are certain jobs that I'll do for no fee. Charity work, of course. Plenty of that. I had to tweak James Corden's nose for no money whatsoever. Comic relief, I think it was. Was it testicular cancer? I was Ebenezer Scrooge. He was Tiny Tim. That was a joke, apparently. I still don't get it. And the trouble is, in order to prepare for that two-and-a-half-minute sketch, a method actor such as myself has to undergo months of preparation. I read the complete works of Dickens. I spent weeks insisting that everyone I met refer to me as Ebenezer Scrooge. And, this is going to sound over the top, but I set up my own money-lending business. Not a real money-lending business, of course. That would be a step too far. I used to sit at my writing desk counting up Monopoly notes and rubbing my hands together. Sometimes, well, there was a young boy who cycled past my house from time to time, and while I was in Ebenezer Scrooge mode, whenever I spotted this boy, I would call out to him, You boy, what day is today? He'd usually roll his eyes and mutter, Oh no, not you again. I refused to break character. I'd say, You boy! What day is it today? He'd say, Wednesday, mate. I'd reply, without missing a beat, The date, boy, the date. He'd roll his eyes and reply, September 17th. I'd reply, OK, false alarm, on you go. Then he'd say, see you tomorrow, Mr Cumberbatch. And I'd say, I have no idea to whom you are referring, but yes, I will see you tomorrow. And sometimes he'd add, just a heads up, it will be Thursday, September 18th. You see what I mean? Method acting. Also, I could tweak James Corden's nose in exchange for, and I'd like to make this absolutely clear, in exchange for no money whatsoever. Then you get all these naysayers grumbling, oh, you Hollywood stars getting paid a million dollars for what essentially amounts to just a few hours prancing around in front of a green screen while most of us can barely afford to eat. And I'll say to those naysayers, first of all, that's a fair point, well made. 
Secondly, how many of you have undertaken months of extensive preparation just so you can tweak James Corden's nose for, and I'm sorry to repeat myself, no money whatsoever? All in a good cause, obviously. I forget what the cause was now. The homeless, possibly? Speaking of unpaid work, that's exactly what I'm doing now. I've always said I'll be happy to present Ragbag for no fee. I've been saying it for two whole years. At least once a week I'll slip it into conversation or drop Frank a text just to remind him I'm available. I'm not bitter, listeners. I'm grateful that Frank has finally agreed to place his trust in me, which can't be an easy thing to do, considering that the last man he asked to be guest host ended up tying him to a chair and feeding him rat poison. If that had happened to me, perhaps I'd think twice about inviting Benedict Timothy Colton Cumberbatch, CBE Academy Award nominee, Lawrence Olivier Award winner, Emmy winner, BAFTA winner. Well, one eventually has to win something, doesn't one? Where was I? Yes, I'm not bitter. I'm grateful to be here. It's a shame Frank had to be admitted to intensive care in order for me to get to this point, but... Just allow me to bask in this moment, listeners. Forget Shakespeare. Forget the awards. This is the pinnacle of my career. Maybe Frank will die and I'll get to take over. I've always wanted to have my own podcast. But the opportunity has never been there. I don't have the right contacts. I'll say to my agent, how does a man like me get to present his own podcast? And she'll reply, I can get you a prominent role in the new Sam Mendes film. What can I say? Useless. Absolutely useless. Only joking, Alexa. I'm having trouble connecting to the internet. Now, listeners, uh, let's take our minds off all this doom and gloom, shall we? Your regular host, Frank Burton, remains critically ill in hospital. I said he's not dead, but I don't know, perhaps I was being overly optimistic. But let's forget about all that. I'll tell you a story, listeners. In order to understand this particular tale, you'll need to be familiar with... Do you ever play the Nigel Planner game? You know Nigel Planner, right? The actor. You know Nigel, right? Maybe the Americans don't. He was in a sitcom in the 1980s, but you know he's done lots of other things. As a matter of fact, that's the beauty of the Nigel Planner game. You see, he keeps cropping up on television, bit parts here and there... He doesn't just do comedy, he's versatile. I saw him play a paedophile once. He was a very good paedophile. As a matter of fact, I'd go as far as to say he was an astounding paedophile, worthy of an award. I've seen plenty of other fine performances too. Well, I say fine. It was adequate. Only joking, Nigel. Love you. We actually go back a long way, myself and Nigel Planner. Sorry to keep dropping names like this. I just caught myself doing the nod, Frank. Good job this is audio, eh? But we do go back a long way, myself, Nigel Planner. He was very supportive of me in the early days. Gave me some sterling advice, although I've forgotten what it was now. Also, he bribed a police officer once, who was right there with handcuffs ready to arrest me. I won't go into the circumstances now. That reminds me, I still owe Nigel £18,000. Alexa, if you're listening, could you please arrange that for me? It's more of a personal favour, but... I'm having trouble connecting to the internet. Anyway, the Nigel Planner game. It's rather like one of those drinking games, really. You know, where you're with a group of friends and you're watching... Let's say you're watching Federico Fellini's La Dolce Vita. 
And you have to take a swig of your champagne every time someone says ciao. The Nigel Planner game is the same as that, only there's no drinking involved. All you have to do whenever you're watching TV and Nigel pops up unexpectedly doing another one of his bit parts, you just have to point at the screen and shout, Oh look, it's Nigel Planner. It really is as simple as that. Listen, it may not mean that much to you listeners, particularly those of you who don't know who Nigel Planner is, but it means something to me and my friends in the acting community. We get a lot of enjoyment from it. As a matter of fact, it's not usually something I would mention. It's a private little pastime of ours, that's all. But I have to bring it up now in order for this story to make sense. You see, a few years ago, Nigel had landed the role of Malvolio in Twelfth Night at Chichester Festival Theatre. Myself and a group of friends bought a bunch of tickets and made our way down for the opening night. At that time, I'd quite forgotten about the Nigel Planner game. It had been a while since I'd participated myself because I hadn't caught one of his TV appearances for some time. To be honest, I'd almost forgotten that the game existed. The game itself went completely unmentioned amongst myself and my group of friends. We arrived early, had a few glasses of wine, made our way to our seats. Thus far, it was a perfectly normal evening out until Malvolio stepped onto the stage and in perfect unison, and at a rather embarrassing volume, myself and each of my companions shouted, Oh look, it's Nigel Planner! You see, the thing about the Nigel Planner game is, the game itself doesn't really have a beginning or an end. There are no winners, no points being totaled up. Essentially, once you begin playing the Nigel Planner game, you are destined to continue playing the Nigel Planner game forevermore. Nigel was put off only for a second. A consummate professional. He continued performing. All around us, various audience members were muttering, Who let these hooligans in here? And words to that effect. I tried to continue watching the play as though nothing had happened, but my friends were giggling too much. I giggled too, because it was infectious, and because something rather amusing had just happened. Malvolio left the stage, and when he returned for his next scene... It seemed only natural for me to shout out again, but this time I stopped myself. Think of the theatre, I told myself. Think of this great institution. But somehow the words came out anyway. I heard them clear as day. Oh look, it's Nigel Planner. I turned to reprimand my friends, but it wasn't them either. The shout had come from the other side of the room. And now the man directly behind me was shouting it out too. Oh, look, it's Nigel Planner. And an old lady right down on the front row, just feet away from Malvolio, shouted, Oh, look, it's Nigel Planner. What had we started and how could it be stopped? I began to see ushers frantically pacing up and down the aisles, shining their tiny torches at potential sources of the disturbance. But sadly for them, there were simply too many sources. The shouts were emanating from all eight corners of the room. The theatre is hexagonal, by the way. Nigel, bless his cotton socks, completely ignored the mention of his name and pressed ahead, as did his colleagues on stage. And so it went on. Thank heavens there was an interval coming up. Perhaps the audience, myself included, would be given a stern talking to by the theatre manager before the next act commenced and this silly act of sabotage could be put to rest. But there was no interval. It was my understanding that there would be a break at the end of Act Two. 
But here we were, straight into Act 3, Scene 1. And those drink orders we made earlier were suddenly obsolete. This wasn't about the drinks, of course. I was concerned that uncontested the rabble we were sitting amongst could bring the whole production to a standstill. Also, it's Shakespeare, for God's sakes. Who wants to see Shakespeare without the courtesy of a toilet break? But the theatre had spoken. We'd been bad children and playtime had been cancelled as a consequence. Yet it seemed like my rowdy classmates were undeterred. On Malvolio's next appearance, virtually every person in that large hexagonal room pointed in the character's direction and yelled, Oh look, it's Nigel Planner! One man down the far end appeared to be playing his own game. Every now and again he'd hiss, Yes, we've got a video! This was worse than pantomime. By the end, I too was caught up in the moment. At the end of the play, as Nigel took his bow, I was shouting, Oh look, it's Nigel Planner! Just as enthusiastically as everyone else. Not that Nigel would have recognised my voice amongst the din of the crowd. The lights went up, and for the first time since that first fateful shout echoed through the room, the audience were able to take a good look at each other. No one could manage eye contact. Had we simply made fools of ourselves, or had something else happened? Something deeper? I don't recall ever having had such an affinity with an audience before. Neither as actor nor puntor. We entered the bar, which was closed, and just beyond it was an expanding sea of uniformed police officers. Is this why they cancelled the interval? I wondered. So they had time to arrange for enough police officers to arrest the entire audience? Wait a minute. Is that what's happening? I thought. They can't arrest the entire audience. What crime have we committed? Also, they can't arrest me. Don't they know who I am? I wasn't willing to stick around and see if the arresting officer recognised me from Sherlock. I knew this theatre. I'd done Pinter there a few years back. There's a secret back exit. I couldn't possibly tell you where. All I can say is, me and my friends got out. We had to vault over a fence into a sports field, then snuck through a gap in the fence, leading through to the university campus. Then an old man in a strange outfit stepped out from behind a tree. I assumed it was one of the lecturers. Then I heard myself whisper, Oh look, it's Nigel Planner. Nigel grinned victoriously. I knew you'd take the secret back entrance. Benedict Cumberbatch, he said, deliberately mispronouncing my surname as a double expletive. Who are these clowns you brought with you? I cleared my throat. Ah, I said. Well, Nigel, allow me to introduce my good friend, Martin Freeman, my good friend, Kate Winslet, my good friend, Steve Buscemi, and Michael McIntyre. I've never heard of these people. And you can wipe that smile off your face. I know it was you who started all this, oh, look, it's Nigel Planer business, he said, deliberately mispronouncing his own surname. I'm sorry, I said. The trouble is, once you start playing the Nigel Planner game, you are always playing the Nigel Planner game. Oh, it's a game, is it? It might be a game to you, Cumberbatch. It's an actual game, though, said my good friend, Kate Winslet. Really? What are the rules? There's only one rule, I cut in. But it's not important right now. 
What's important is we're very sorry and I will pay you back that £18,000 as soon as is humanely possible. I didn't bring that up, said Nigel. But seeing as you did, I'd hardly call ten years as soon as is humanely possible. Would you, Benedict? It was an oversight, I said. Seriously, Alexa, help me out here. I will forget. Again. I'm having trouble connecting to the internet. Anyway, after we apologised to my good friend Nigel Planner, we went off for a drink. All was forgiven. Nigel even saw the funny side in the end, I think. They still arrested everybody else. The entire audience, aside from those of us who absconded. I'm pretty sure that's unprecedented. I mean, when Lincoln was shot, they didn't actually arrest the entire audience. <laughs> what tomfoolery. I suppose that's how they do things in Chichester. It's basically a police state. But that is a whole other story. Bouncing around in front of a green screen. You boy! I'm not bitter, listeners. This is the pinnacle of my career. I'm having trouble. I'm I'm having trouble. I'm I'm having trouble. I'm I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble connecting to the internet. You 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 boy! I'm having trouble. I'm I'm having trouble. I'm I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble connecting to the internet. Worthy of an award. Worthy of an award. This is going to sound over the top. This is going to sound over the top.
Now it's time for our regular feature, Ragbag Recommends. And seeing as Frank isn't here, I would like to recommend the work of a man who has brought many hours of joy to me and my family. I'm not speaking on this occasion of my good friend Barack Obama. I am in fact speaking of the writer and comic book aficionado David Halewood. I wish I was him. Do yourself a favour, listeners. Type his name into Amazon. Witness all the wonderful books and comics David Halewood has been responsible for over the years and purchase them all. Every single one. Purchase his children's books, Grinbad and the Seven Soups, and The Last of the Naval Navigators. Purchase his book for adults, Life Subtracted, as well as every single issue of his long-running comic series, 100% Biodegradable. As a matter of fact, he's so prolific, he's what we in the trade refer to as an Amazon double-pager, where the search result brings up not just one, but two whole pages of merchandise. Although, to be fair, the second page contains the commemorative Isle of Man 2015 TT Race Legend 50p coin, which does not have anything to do with the genius that is David Halewood, but does contain the names Mike Halewood and David Jeffries. I hope and pray that one day someone will invent a way of properly refining these search results. In all fairness, it does look like a very good 50p coin. One of the best 50p coins I've ever seen. And well worth the current asking price of £15.90.
Thank you for listening. My good friend Frank Burton has instructed me to direct you towards his website, frankburton.co.uk, and his three books, A History of Sarcasm, 100, and of course the ragbag novel, Everything I Am. Hopefully Frank will be out of hospital in two weeks' time. If he isn't, I suppose I'd better come back and do all of this again. I am currently thinking dark thoughts, listeners. Thoughts which can make one feel utterly ashamed of oneself. In all honesty, I hope Frank makes a speedy recovery. Not least because I'm still waiting to hear his take on Avengers Infinity War. Bye-bye. Bag Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.